This sparking mini-movie review contains adult language, mature situations, slight potential spoilers, funny rants, and more comic references about the MCU. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, it's Zan. And Greta. Yes, we're here back for another fun-filled episode of the Sparkin' Mini Movie Review, Sparkin's podcast, where we review a movie that just came out recently or is coming out soon. We tell you the pros and cons about it and just give you a little bit of a spoiler. We don't go through a full review like we do in our Sparkin' Movie Review. And these are films you can check out and they're still in theaters, surprisingly. We sometimes do it beforehand or after. It just depends on what's going on. Like one movie we saw two months later, and it was one of the greatest movies ever, because it was the greatest show. This was the greatest show! Well, but this is not the greatest showman. This is actually a movie which I was kind of excited about, a little bit concerned about, and that is Black Panther, the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, when you heard about Black Panther, before we saw the movie, when you first heard they are making a Black Panther movie, what did you, what were your initial thoughts? I was originally thinking uh, a little bit more like, I don't know, my mind went to Catwoman with the jeweled claws and the special suits and the sleuthing around. And Was this before or after you saw uh, Civil War? Before. Okay. So on my end, I've seen Black Panther for years. I've known about the character from different Marvel properties, all the way back to the Korvac saga, where he was just a character who was actually sent to America to spy on the Avengers, and it was very Cloak and Dagger-esque. And I was a little surprised they were going to do this character. And then after watching Civil War, I became very intrigued and enticed and hopeful because a lot of properties featuring a main black superhero character has not really gone over well, but I had high hopes. And let's be honest, I think that our hopes were justified and were rewarded. Very much so. I mean, uh, I thought it was a great movie. I, I thought the cast was strong. I liked, I really liked the women in the movie. Yes, I did too. And beforehand, let's get to a little bit of the other show note and information out of the way. So this movie was directed by Ryan Coogler, who's made a lot of really good movies as of late. He did Fruitvale Station, which is an autobiographical historical film, which I'm not a fan of, but I thought was very well done. He also did Creed 
which was a new version of the Rocky story, and it was well done. Starring Apollo Creed's son and starring Michael B. Jordan, who is in this film itself. And speaking of which, the cast themselves, as we said, it stars Chadwick Boseman returning from Civil War as T'Challa, the Black Panther. He was also alongside Michael B. Jordan, who's playing Najadaka or Eric Killmonger. You had Lupita Nyong'o playing uh, Nakia. You had Denai Gurira playing Okoyoi. Martin Freeman playing Everett Ross. You had Daniel Kaluuya, who was in the recent really popular film Get Out. He was the, the main character. And he's playing Wakabe. You have Latina Wright, who's definitely stealing the show. She was the best character in the show, playing Shuri. And then you had Winston Duke playing Mbako. You had Angela Bassett playing Ramona. And then Forrest Whitaker playing uh, Zuri. Oh, we can't forget, of course, the other white character in the movie. Andy Serkis playing Ulysses Claw, which he's back again from... From wherever he was. From Agents of... Oh, sorry, Age of Ultron. And this cast, they were so well done. And everyone was done really just... They did the characters justice. They changed some characters around. Like, Mbako is a character that was a racial stereotype. And they said, no, we'll make him interesting. And more actually a compelling, intriguing character instead of a really racist supervillain. But, I mean, even just taking race out of it, I think that the, they nailed, especially with the women, again, I feel like they nailed the family dynamic. They have, like, the little sister. They have the romantic interest that's basically part of the family. They have the mom that's kind of badass. Like, the the whole dynamic of it really worked, and I felt like it was a true family unit. Also, we cannot forget about the Dora Milaje, the the royal family guard, who are also supposedly in the comic, they're actually potential love interests for the Black Panther. They were just badass. They stole the show and they kicked ass, especially uh, Denai Guerrero. She just was like, really just, yeah, I'm not taking shit from nobody, I'm going to kick your ass. Like I'd li- I know a lot of people went into this like wanting it to be very empowerful and like this, this special moment, but I felt empowered... As a woman, after watching this, I like they were funny, they were strong, they were they were awesome. This film's aspect of empowerment doesn't just focus on women, which is a major part of it, especially because Shuri, who steals the show, is more intelligent and more. Let's be honest, she's more intellectually there than Tony Stark is. Oh, 100%. I would like to actually have her meet Tony Stark. She probably is in Infinity War, and she's probably going to walk circles around him with her brain, which I really am going to enjoy. But this film doesn't just focus on empowering them. It's about empowerment. It shows that not everybody is set in one little cube, that everyone is diverse and different. And for a film which focuses on these this African nation of Wakanda, it shows this Afrofuturistic society that is... Very isolationist, fearful of, but they call them, uh, not colonists, they call them, uh, well, colonizers. There's a whole aspect about following colonizers and war dogs who are implants in societies who could take over in case like that. It shows this affirmation of a culture which currently is being, not vilified, but they're being persecuted. And it gives a sense of 
Things aren't what you should be. You could actually better yourself, move up, strive forward. Intelligence isn't a geeky thing. And it was also very, you know, things are not what they might seem. With literally hiding the... In the, plain sight. In plain sight, everything. Yeah. The film has a very powerful message, which I highly recommend. It's a great film. Uh, some people I know, they don't want to see it because they think it's going to be one of those stereotypical... Uh, it's like not so films well for a specific demographic, and it's not. It is a great superhero movie, a great character study. It is very allegorical, and it is very Shakespearean. Because I've got to admit, up until now, my favorite villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was Kilgrave and Kingpin, because they were intriguing, engaging characters that you knew both sides, and they were horrible people, but they had a reason for it. Eric Killmonger, you actually sympathize with him, and he probably is right in his situation. He has a legitimate reason why he does what he does, and you actually are like, yeah, I see what he's doing, and I agree with him. Yeah, no, he's he a hero. A, he is a hero, but he just goes about it in a very screwed up way, like a villainous way, per se. Very villainous, but he's he has his legitimate reasons why he does it, and he is the main villain. He does disappear for a. Uh, a significant part of the film, but we have Andy Circus, who he is a great, just for what he is, he is really well done in the film. He does a great job showing Claw as he is now. They also he does have the vibranium cannon in his arm. They explain it's a repurposed tool from uh, a mining tool from Wakanda. Also, Wakanda forever. Hundred percent. They do kind of focus a little bit on vibranium fixing every single thing possible. Oh, how's this work? Vibranium. We said this guy's that was vibranium. For, that was a solution for everything. But in their in in their defense, <laughs> that's what they have as a tool, and it is multifunctional. I mean, they've used it as a resource for everything. Like and it powers they, the special watch. It's how they it does float. everything. It, Just it, everything. I will say, though, if you do think about it, because there's this, oh, some people are going to say, oh, it's vibrating everything, it doesn't make sense. Well, think about this. The people at Wakanda have been using this for centuries, for millennia. I think they're the experts on how to use this thing, because they've been messing with it for years. Also, they have so much of it. Granted, they're not diversifying their, their resources. They're just settling on this one particular resource. Um, it's a pretty good resource. It is. A, it they, is. They have a very large amount. I of was it. surprised you don't see it in the little marketplaces when they're around. I mean, you see like they, they probably, clothes and food. They, they and probably things do, in. but it's probably like minute ways. Like it's, they said, they sewed into the clothes, so it's probably like it's microscopic grams it of it. It is in everything. I hope it's not in the food. That would not be good. <laughs> well, who knows? I don't know. Maybe that gives them extra. I, and I think it is in some of the food. It's it's obviously in the heart-shaped plant, which is a big part of the film. And speaking of which, that's one question I do have. What's going to happen with the heart-shaped plant? But then again, there's a potential to solve this with another, uh, an item from a different movie. Reversing time to fix this, maybe? Yeah. Oh, slight spoilers. There is not an Infinity Stone in this film. There is no Infinity Stone in this film. We still do not know where the soul gem is. Hopefully we'll find... Well, no, let's be honest. We're going to find out in Infinity War where the fucking soul gem is. I have no idea where it is. It might be in Wakanda. It might be on the moon. We don't know. But I'm 
intrigued to see where it is and what's going to happen with that, especially because Thanos is coming and he's going to kick the shit out of everybody. They could have put it in the lip disc. That's not nice. But I digress. So the film is... The cast is amazing. The visuals are spot on except for a couple of fight scenes, which look really bad, but it fits. It's kind of like you could get away with it because, like, everything else, the city looks amazing. The airplane looks amazing. The chase sequence looks really cool. Oh, the CG of when two characters are fighting on a railroad track looks really fake. But you can kind of say, okay, it's one one small part out of the rest of the film. So you could go with that. So the film is really well designed. The artwork is great. The characters are great. I will say that the music actually fit the film. It actually is very different. It's not one of those ones where you don't think about the music. Even though the soundtrack is done all by, uh, what is his name, Uh, Kenneth Lamar. I will say it's... You know, I wasn't excited about the music when we first got the soundtrack. But it's because it has to be played with the movie. It does. It does. I mean, the, the main song from this film is definitely Stars. That's the last song that's used during the credits. And I gotta say, that's the best song in it. Because Killmonger's theme is forgettable. Black Panther's theme makes sense. It's it's very much like the Wonder Woman theme in Wonder Woman, where when you see it, it makes sense, but if you listen to it out of context, you're like, eh, it might or might not. Anyway. So yeah, if you have a chance to check out this movie, it's really cool. We saw it in 2D? Yeah, 2D. Yeah, Real D. Real D. We saw it in Real D, and it was okay. I will say. I say two thumbs up. Definitely. Well, I don't give a rating on this, but it's definitely worth checking out. Watch it. Enjoy it. If you have any questions, email us. Spyrokin at gmail.com or zanspyrokin.com. And I think that's it. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. See you guys later. Bye.